Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Thursday, February 15, 2024, and you're listening to Alex's News. Turning now to today's forecast, Riverside is looking at a mild day with a high of 64.7 degrees and a low later on dipping to 47.1. So, you might want to enjoy a pleasant outdoor lunch if you can. In the mix of major stories we're covering today, we start with a concerning development in global security. Reports are emerging that Russia is in the process of developing a space-based nuclear weapon system capable of targeting U.S. satellites. This poses new, pressing questions about the nature of national security threats from above. Next, we'll explore an evolving narrative in the American workforce. As more companies adopt remote and hybrid work models, we're seeing a stark transformation of urban landscapes. Our report looks into how empty office buildings are becoming a more common sight across U.S. cities, and what that might mean for the future of work and urban development. Finally, we'll turn our gaze skyward with some exciting scientific advancements. JAXA's Smart Lander for Investigating Moon, otherwise known as SLIM, has not only met but surpassed mission expectations. The findings it's sending back are providing researchers with key clues about the moon's formation and its history, a leap forward in our lunar understanding. Stay tuned as we delve into these news items in detail. We turn now to our top story of the day. Rising tensions in space, as Russia is allegedly developing a space-based nuclear weapon system that could threaten U.S. satellites. With me to discuss this concerning development is our reporter Ethan. Ethan, what can you tell us about the current situation? Well, Grace, according to multiple reports, Russia is actively pursuing technology that could lead to the deployment of nuclear anti-satellite weapons. Although not yet operational, such a system could directly endanger the U.S. satellite network, which includes both military and commercial satellites. This has understandably caused quite a bit of alarm among U.S. officials. How did we come to know about Russia's actions, and why is there such a significant level of concern from our officials? Intelligence gathered by the United States has pointed to Russia's development of these capabilities. This has led Republican Representative Mike Turner, who chairs the House Intelligence Committee, to push for the declassification of information that pertains to what he describes as a serious national security threat. The concern is primarily that a nuclear anti-satellite system in space could target the nuclear command and control satellites which are vital for U.S. defense. Could you elaborate on the importance of these satellites for those who might not be aware? Absolutely, Grace. The satellites we're talking about are crucial for communication, surveillance, and especially for maintaining control over the country's nuclear arsenal. If compromised or destroyed, the U.S. could face significant setbacks in defense and strategic communication, not to mention the impact on civilian technologies. I understand there are also implications regarding international treaties, right? That's correct. Russia's pursuit of a space-based nuclear weapon is potentially at odds with the Outer Space Treaty of 1967, which Russia is a party to. This treaty essentially prevents the placement of nuclear weapons in space and the militarization of celestial bodies. What effects could a nuclear detonation in space actually have? While there wouldn't be a traditional shockwave, a nuclear blast in space could emit an electromagnetic pulse, or EMP, which can severely damage electronic systems. An event like this could take down multiple satellites, and thus, it has the potential to cause widespread damage to both military and civilian systems worldwide. 
What about the strategic implications of such a weapon? How might it affect geopolitical relations? Experts are questioning the actual effectiveness of a nuclear weapon against satellites. Some suggest Russia might actually be pursuing a space-based nuclear reactor, which could be more strategically viable. Regardless, the deployment of a nuclear weapon into space could lead to a severe reaction from the US and its allies, causing a significant destabilization in geopolitical and strategic realms. It could even prompt other nations to develop similar capabilities, leading to global uncertainty. In the face of such a threat, are there measures being discussed to address or mitigate these risks? Yes, several countermeasures are being considered. These range from diplomatic efforts, such as international treaties to prohibit space-based missile defenses, to technical solutions like enhancing ground-based defense systems. There is also talk of investing in countermeasures and defensive capabilities against potential alternative delivery systems. Well, Ethan, with the world increasingly dependent on satellite technology, the repercussions could indeed be global. This story is certainly one to watch as it develops. Thank you for that detailed report. My pleasure, Grace. There's undoubtedly more to come on this issue. Our next story takes us into the evolving landscape of American cities, where office buildings are becoming increasingly vacant. To explore this trend further, we're joined by Chloe, who's been following the developments in workplace dynamics. Chloe, what's happening with these empty office spaces? Well, Grace, these empty office buildings are a clear indicator of a significant shift in the nature of work. The pandemic fast-tracked the remote work trend, and now many companies are questioning the necessity of traditional office spaces. While remote work has dialed back a bit since the height of the pandemic, the appetite for workplace flexibility is still strong among employees. So, we're seeing this shift towards more of a hybrid work model? Exactly. According to the National Bureau of Economic Research, about 27% of middle market companies have employees working either remotely or in hybrid settings. This hybrid model, a blend of remote and in-office activities, is the new frontier. But for this to function smoothly, office space design has to evolve. It must now focus more on collaboration, innovation, and learning than ever before. Could this change the face of cities as we know them? It's already happening. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce cited a worker migration trend, with individuals moving out of major urban centers. The South is drawing in people, whereas the Northeast is seeing folks leave. While it's unlikely cities will turn into ghost towns, they'll need to adapt to retain and attract new residents, perhaps by reinventing these empty office spaces for other uses. That sounds like a substantial shift. What are some potential implications for both employees and employers in this new environment? There are several, Grace. For workers, it means greater geographic flexibility, possibly a better quality of life, and sometimes, a more affordable cost of living. For businesses, it's a two-edged sword. The flexibility can be a boon for employee satisfaction and a lure for top talent, but it also raises numerous challenges. And what might some of those challenges be? Well, organizations have to ensure that remote work doesn't jeopardize collaboration, connectivity, and company culture. They also need to address technological dependencies, security issues, and maintain a healthy work-life balance for their teams. The emphasis should be on adopting tools and processes that support effective collaboration and communication. Are there strategies that companies can implement to overcome these obstacles? Absolutely. The key strategy is staying flexible, which means continually adapting to these changes. The article discusses maintaining a focus on diversity, inclusion, employee wellness, and safety. 
Also crucial are continuous learning and upskilling, managing hiring and retention, emphasizing skills over traditional job roles, digitization, and sustainability. So, as companies adapt, what can we expect the future of the workplace to look like? We're looking at a future where the physical office may play a very different role, perhaps more as a hub for collaboration and socialization than a place where employees are expected to punch in and out every day. As far as cities go, they'll have to innovate to stay vibrant and relevant in the face of these shifts. Fascinating insights, Chloe. I'm sure our listeners will keep a close eye on how their cities and workplaces transform in the coming years. Thanks for breaking down this complex shift for us. It was my pleasure, Grace. Thank you for having me. Here are some other headlines. Tensions continue to escalate in the Middle East as an Israeli military operation took place inside Nasser Hospital in Khan Yunus, Gaza. The Israeli forces were acting on intelligence that the bodies of hostages taken last October were inside the hospital. This operation occurred amidst a broader conflict with Hamas, resulting in Palestinian casualties and further military engagement in Rafah. Israeli officials are determined to recover all hostages and continue their military pursuits in the region. In the United States, Kansas City is reeling from a horrific incident that unfolded after the local football team celebration parade. A shooting occurred resulting in one fatality and injuries to numerous individuals, including children. Police have detained suspects, and the FBI is involved in the investigation. As the community grapples with this tragedy, the chief's organization and local leaders are voicing their support for the victims and calling for the public's help in providing information. In entertainment news, Marvel fans have something to look forward to as the Fantastic Four cast has been revealed. With big names like Pedro Pascal and Vanessa Kirby joining the MCU, the film's 2025 release date has piqued significant interest. This casting announcement has necessitated a shift in Marvel's scheduling, providing an exciting future outlook for comic book movie enthusiasts. Turning to politics, the Democratic Party in the United States is reportedly recalibrating its stance on border enforcement. This comes after President Trump's undoing of a prior deal, offering Democrats an opportunity to strengthen border security measures. Increased enforcement aims to mitigate GOP criticism and address ongoing issues with migrant surges. Lastly, the city of Chicago has chosen not to renew its contract with ShotSpotter, the gunfire detection system that has been fraught with controversy over its cost, effectiveness, and accuracy. As debates unfold regarding the technology's impact on communities most affected by gun violence, the city will be decommissioning the system next year, following Mayor Johnson's campaign commitment. We have some exciting news from space today as Japan's space agency JAXA has made a breakthrough in understanding the moon's origins. Their lunar spacecraft, the Smart Lander for Investigating Moon, or SLIM, has gone above and beyond its mission goals. Joining us now is our specialist correspondent Ethan, with the details. Ethan, what can you tell us about this mission? Well, Grace, SLIM's journey has been nothing short of remarkable. Back in January 2024, it achieved a precision landing on the lunar surface, which is quite a technical feat. However, the mission hit a snag with communication issues due to the spacecraft landing upside down, a situation that lasted eight whole days. That sounds like quite the challenge. How did SLIM manage to recover and accomplish its mission objectives? 
Despite those early problems, the JAXA team managed to re-establish communication with SLIM. What's fascinating is that the spacecraft didn't just recover, it went on to analyze not one but ten lunar rocks. This is huge, because it vastly exceeds the initial expectations of the scientists and could lead to significant discoveries about our moon's early years. Ten lunar rocks is an impressive count indeed. What kind of data are we looking at, and why is it so important? Each of these rocks can provide immense insight. By examining their mineral compositions, researchers are piecing together clues about the moon's formation. This feeds into a broader scientific puzzle that spans our understanding of the solar system, as well as Earth's own history. And speaking of formations and origins, could you explain the leading theories regarding the moon's creation? Certainly, the giant impact hypothesis is the most widely accepted. It suggests that a Mars-sized body collided with the early Earth and the resulting ejected material eventually came together to form the moon. But alternative theories exist, like the fission theory, which supposes the moon split from Earth due to rapid spinning, or the capture theory, where the moon was caught by Earth's gravity. Another idea is the condensation theory, also known as the synestia model, which says both Earth and moon formed together from the original solar nebula. And finally, the planetesimal collisions theory, which believes the moon built up over time through the accumulation of many smaller celestial bodies. With all these theories in play, what might the implications of SLIM's findings be, especially in light of the successful recovery and analysis? If SLIM can indeed wake up from its hibernation, since it's currently dormant to survive the lunar night, the data from these rocks could either bolster the giant impact hypothesis or give more credence to one of the alternate theories. Each rock is a unique piece of the puzzle, and SLIM's data will help refine our models about how the Moon, and by extension, perhaps Earth, came to be. It seems we're on the brink of some potential game-changers in our knowledge of the Moon. Are there any other peculiarities or factors that could affect JAXA's mission or our understanding of the Moon? The health of the spacecraft is a major factor. If SLIM wakes up as hoped when the lunar dawn returns, we'll have a lot more information moving forward. And let's not forget, JAXA's previous mission, Hayabusa 2, already hinted at the presence of water and organic matter, which suggests a much more dynamic lunar history than previously assumed. It's a gripping narrative of persistence and discovery, even in the face of adversity. Thank you for that enlightening update, Ethan. Always a pleasure, Grace. Let's hope for more positive news once SLIM reactivates. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4 Turbo, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the Perplexity API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.